The Detroit Tigers have another off day, so we are going to do one last minor league report to finish up the year. Take a look at the Erie Seawolves a lot as well within that report, and that's what we're going to talk about today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Almost October already. Crazy. This season truly did fly by. Remember when the beginning of the year when it was almost in question of whether we'd have a season. I didn't think we were playing 162 this season. I really didn't. I, I thought this was a uh, uh, 140 at best, I think is what I was predicting. Uh, 120 felt like a real possibility. I really didn't think that we were going to play 162 this year. And it just, it feels like ages ago because of, I, I mean, not only everything that's been happening in the world, but just the Tiger season has felt like a million years. It has felt like a million years, and it also feels like it just started yesterday all at the same time. Well, the lockout part of it, 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 it does. It feels a long ways away. But the summer itself feel like it flew by. But I think this Tiger season has just really, everybody's kind of kind of dragging their feet to uh, to the end of the finish line here. So the Detroit Tigers don't play on Monday, one of their last off days of this. Their last off day? I'm trying to remember off the schedule. It's either their last or second to last off day of the season. So we are going to do one last minor league just recap of, I don't want to say minor league report because Detroit Tigers minor league report is a fantastically run, fantastically, a really well run and fantastic source on the internet for all those Raj and Chris, they do a fantastic job. Those are great dudes. Uh, we do a lot of stuff together. So I'm sure I'm probably going to get them on in the off season, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't want to call this de- like the Detroit Tigers, like a minor league report, uh, because that's like the name of their thing. Uh, but we are going to do one last kind of minor league suite. We got some seasons coming to an end while well, uh, most of the minor league seasons are coming to an end or have ended. But the Erie Seawolves are making noise. Not only are they making noise, they are a win away from the Eastern League Championship. Super cool. This is a, a organization. I guess you, we'd call it an organization. This is a team that has never won a playoff series in team history before this season. And then now is a win away from the Eastern League Championship title. So super cool thing if, if you have your pulse on the Detroit Tigers, you know, minor league system and whatnot. You've, you've been hearing about this and, and probably keeping an eye on it. It's a super cool story. So we're going to look just that, again, we're, we're not just going to focus on Erie, but we are going to talk about why Erie was so successful this year and everything that they had going on for them because there's a lot of reasons that Erie, look, Say what you will about where this organization is ranked prospect-wise, right? We take a look around all the different publications, and especially after graduating green, it really 
fell off a cliff and a lot of people are not very fond of the Tigers minor league system anymore. And that has to do for a plethora of reasons, uh, draft history prior to like last draft, well, last year's draft, really a, a big part of that. But I also think that while having success in the minor leagues for individual teams does not automatically mean you have a good farm system far from it. Right. But at the same time, it, it doesn't not mean that, right? It doesn't not mean that you have a decent farm system. I'm not saying that the Tigers have even a top 15. I'm not even going to say that they have a, a top half of, you know, the league prospect pool to choose from, but there are some that have us at like 28, 29. That just seems a little excessive to me. So we're going to talk about, you know, some of the reasons why Erie has been so successful. And then just do one last roundup kind of overall and get my final thoughts on some of these dudes as the minor league season for a lot of these teams come to an end. Um, another thing that's important to note and Rahelio Raj of Detroit minor league report and Woodward Tigers is the one that brought this to my attention. Uh, and I think a lot of people's attention a couple of days ago, he pointed out that since the addition of high a ball, which happened in the early nineties, um, this is the first time the Detroit Tigers organization has had all of their like a affiliates, all of their minor league affiliates go over 500 in the same season. And that's, uh, and again, a really cool accomplishment. And I, I don't think that this necessarily means that the Detroit Tigers have this non scouted, like sleeper, incredible, like we have all these top prospects going around. But I do think that it's an indication of development. And I think that the Detroit Tigers organization as a whole has really taken a lot of good steps in the right direction when it comes to development. And we talked about it, honestly, a few times in the last week, in the last couple of weeks now that I'm thinking about it. But this is a, an organization that for a long time had pretty much zero success stories with development. Like, like none. <laughs> like the only ones offensively in the last 20 years that really stand out are Nick Castellanos and Curtis Granderson. And, and I'm not saying that there haven't been, obviously we've had homegrown talent come up and debut for the Tigers and, and give us, you know, some meaningful at bats, but you want to talk about like real, like homegrown development that turned into a, a really solid borderline all-star or all-star level hitter. It, it's like two dudes in, in the last 20 years. And, when looking at the pitching side of things, I, I mean, sure, like we, we we made some trades and some of the dudes came over when they were still in the minors, but there's not too much to look at there as far as starting pitching besides Verlander and Rick Porcello either. Like that's not a huge long list. You look at all the good Tigers teams of the last 20 years, most of those rotations were guys we accumulated from other spots. So I think that... It's, it's really important to just look at and count any victories we can get. And I, and I truly do believe that the development is headed in a really solid direction. And that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm intrigued for the offseason. One of the many reasons is because I'm, I'm curious as to what Scott Harris is going to do with the developmental side of the Detroit Tigers. We kind of saw a complete overhaul when Hinch came in. He came in and top to bottom going down – to even the lower level levels of the minors and even some front office staff above him and below him 
just a, a total change really in a lot of different places as far as coaching and development coaches went at a bunch of different levels. And like I said, the front office as well. So I think that, again, just reiterating the, the importance of development. It's something that Scott Harris, I almost said Scott Frost, <laughs> something that Scott Harris um, made a point in his introductory presser. And, and I think that's a good point to drive home. So development, taking strides. Um, and I think that that is, there is a lot of proof in that, that we will talk about uh, in, in the next segment right here in a couple minutes. So like we're, there are players that were either written off or not really looked at very fondly or that nobody really thought was going to be an impact player. And while we still aren't a hundred percent sure, none of these guys are sure things. And we don't have the a ton of really high, you know, top 100 highly rated prospects. There is something to be said for at least playing yourself to having an opportunity to make an impact at the major league level because you did so well at the minor league level. You know what I mean? So a lot of steps being taken. And I, I just, the notion that I said this last week too, but the notion that the Detroit Tigers is just a complete and utter dumpster fire and absolutely nothing for this organization is going right top to bottom and they haven't done anything right and nobody, you know, like the, the last seven years when Avila was GM, not one single thing good came out of it and this is just a complete, whoever's going to come in now with Scott Harris is just going to have to press the reset button and start from scratch because from the developmental leagues and 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 whatnot of even below single a ball in the rookie leagues and, and, and such all the way to the major league level. It's all garbage. That's like, that's not true. And, and there's a lot of steps to take. I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> I'm not saying it's even good in a lot of cases, but there is some good. And, and I just want to highlight that. So we'll talk about some players we'll get into uh, now that I'm done just spewing about how important I think development is and how uh, I don't think the Tigers is really that bad of a situation when it comes to that side of things. Let's talk about some players and some teams individually. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Greatly appreciate y'all. So uh, now that I have really hammered home, probably more than I should have, the importance of development and, and how uh, there is certainly improvements that the Tigers, there's nothing that the Tigers do perfectly. This is still, you know, we are where we are currently. But I think we're taking some strides there and, and the development is developing. Look at that. The Erie Seawolves, one one away from the Eastern League Championship. Uh, they won 6-5 to five on Sunday in a crazy game. I highly recommend watching these games if you can find a way to. It, it, it's very entertaining. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Gage Workman had 
three, four RBIs, four RBIs. Parker Meadows had a three-hit day, including a home run. Like, it was a, it was a really fun baseball game to watch. And I think I – why don't we just start – I said his name, so let's just start there with Parker Meadows. One of the big stories of the Tigers minor league season, one of the biggest. I, I mean, it really is. It, it's like Kerry Carpenter – slash Wilmer Flores at like tied for one. Wilmer might just even be outright one Carpenter. No minor league story only. I'm going Wilmer and, and Carpenter tied at kind of a one, a one B and then Parker Meadows is right up there in in the top two or three names there for biggest storylines of the minor league season for us. Uh, This was a dude that in previous years, I mean, if you just go to his OPS by year, since he was out of the rookie league it was 608 623 and then back again in in 2018 he was in the rookie league and he hit pretty well but um 2019 west michigan 608 2021 in lakeland and west michigan 697 and 620 and then this year shows up makes some tweaks in his swing and is hitting the cover off the baseball on 813 OPS in West Michigan gets called up to Erie starts off relatively slow and we're all kind of like, okay, like still some work to be done. And then just bang and just went absolute gangbusters. And not only that was better than he was in West Michigan raised his batting average significantly 45 points, raised his on base percentage, uh, like 60 points. Just really, really, I mean, slugging percentage was, was really solid. He has an 820 OPS in Erie in 113 games. And the 813 OPS in West Michigan was only in like 14 or 15 games before he got the call. He got called out pretty quickly. So uh, most of his work has been with better numbers in a more difficult league or at least a higher up league. So one of the big success stories of the years for, of the year for sure. And at 22 years old, he'll be 23 next season. I think he turns 23 in November. This will be a dude, lefty bat. He is, for my money, the fastest dude in the entire organization. He has wheels, right? Speed kills. And I think that he can utilize that to be a really good defender. He runs the bases really well. And now he's hitting. This is a, a dude that, again, with we talked about last week with kind of decisions to be made on who to add to the 40-man roster or not. This is a big one, and this is a dude that I think will get put on the 40-man roster. One of the big success stories of the development of this organization this year and has been a huge reason as to why the Erie Seawolves find themselves a win away from the Eastern League Championship. But the biggest reason, and I can say this with confidence, the biggest reason that the Erie Seawolves find themselves so successful this year is the pitching. By the end of the year, it wasn't like this on opening day, but by the end of the season, by now, they look around and they have a legitimate three-headed monster at the top of their rotation in Wilmer Flores, Ty Madden, and Reese Olsen, who are all in AA right now. And all dudes that a lot of people view really highly. I mean, you have in in the Erie Seawolves rotation, you have three Detroit Tigers top 10 prospects and two top four prospects, right? And like Jackson Joe been in the season in high A, 
So like he's a candidate next year to be an Erie, right? And I, I'm sure when looking at, um, you know, if Wilmer Flores and, and Ty Madden start off next year, like they pitch for a majority of this season, they might be fast tracked to Toledo. So I'm not saying it's just going to be like all of next year. You're just going to have like this bunch of a, a rotation of, of every top prospect in the Tiger system. But it's really cool for this season to see all three of them end the year in the same rotation. Wilmer Flores, like I said, when talking about Parker Meadows, is easily one of the biggest success stories. If not the well, success might be me jumping the gun a little bit. These dudes haven't made the major leagues yet, but one of the biggest storylines just flat out in the entire Tigers organization, top to bottom, you include all of, of the, we'll just call them failures at the major league level. And, and all of the reasons that I just accidentally hit my table. I, that was an accident. I'm not that mad, but all of the reasons that the Detroit Tigers have, have, uh, seemingly failed and and all the reasons that you know players have flopped and not lived up to expectations and all this frustration at the major league level within that Wilmer Flores is already becoming a semi-household name within Tigers fans because of how much he's been talked about online and even on broadcasts and stuff because he was an undrafted domestic signing and I know that it was in 2020 and that was only a five-round draft or whatever so it doesn't you know, he would have been drafted if it was 20 rounds for sure. But the, that doesn't happen. You don't find undrafted, right? Like the undrafted players that end up being successful are all of the international signees. This dude was, was, a, was, was a domestic signee. Like he, he's from, you know what I mean? And, and to have him turn out to, to be now our number three prospect in our entire organization is a super cool story. And he's got the hair and everybody loves talking about, you know, like the, the hair flips and whatnot. But he is electric to watch. Incredible fastball. Very, very solid curveball. Uh, it's classified as a curve. Kind of has a sliding motion term. Kind of like a slurve type of thing. But it's an electric pitch. Solid changeup at times. I think that's the next step in his development is really honing in and, and making that changeup a true plus pitch. Control. Seems to be a hit or miss thing right now. Again, that that's a lot of pitchers at his stage in development are kind of at that, uh, well, stage where control can be hit or miss at times. He's in double A. Uh, he's 21 years old. He will be 22 in February. So at the start of next season, once camp rolls around, he'll have just turned 22. I, I mean, this is just somebody that everyone should be really, really excited about. Watching him pitch has been one of the biggest bright spots of the entire summer for me as someone who covers this team every single day and desperately is trying to look for bright spots. Wilmer Flores has certainly been that. And he started off the season in, did he go across two, he went across two teams, not three started the season in, in West Michigan. And then obviously, like I said, ended up making a majority of his playing time in Erie. And uh, another guy that kind of started off slow, then got really good, then got popped a couple of times, then got really good again. So kind of a, a yeah, I mean, he ended with a 301 ERA in his first stint. You know, he started 19 games in Erie's first stint in double A has an ERA of almost sub three. Like this is me being really nitpicky, but the command is definitely consistent command because he, he shows signs where he's hitting his spots. It's consistent command on a day in and day out basis is the next step in development, but Unbelievable strikeout numbers, 95 Ks in 83 innings in double A. And in West Michigan, he had a 183 ERA and had 35 strikeouts in 19 innings before getting the call up. 
uh, a whip of 105 this year in Erie. Easily one of the biggest storylines of the year, as I keep saying. Ty Madden, another really, really cool story to follow, was just drafted in 2021 and already finds himself uh, with a sub-3 ERA in Erie to end the 2022 season. So a dude that is really impressed, is being fast-tracked. He was an absolute dog coming out of the draft. This was a dude that I was really, really excited about and really wanted. I was really, I said really a million times. I'm, I'm very sorry. Super pumped about him on draft night. Super pumped. And somebody that I have pretty high expectations for. In 19 starts in West Michigan, he had a 310 ERA. And in seven starts in Erie, he has a 278 ERA, 49 strikeouts and 35 and two thirds innings has looked really solid. And again, th this is another dude that has a really solid fastball and he has a curveball and a slider. And the slider has been the, really the plus pitch so far. The curveball has been really nice. He has a change up too that grades out positively. I'm like, if you, if you aren't on the time Madden train uh, for whatever reason, He's really good. I'm really pumped about time, Madden. So another guy that I was glad got the call up and again, got to finish his season with a really good organization and a really good team in Erie. Uh, we will get into the rest of some of these guys I want to talk about. We'll finish up the Erie Seawolves talk and then just kind of do a quick rundown of anybody else that stands out. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Okay, so the other pitcher that I want to talk about in Erie is Reese Olsen, the uh, infamously the return for Daniel Norris um, has been really intriguing, really intriguing. I think the biggest thing for him is just his slider is so nasty. His off His off-speed stuff looks really phenomenal now he has a lot of command stuff that he still needs to work through as well this is a dude that at one point was striking out everybody in sight and then kind of lost the command a little bit had to re-find himself re-get into a groove was hit pretty hard at one point this season as well ended with a 414 era spent the entire year in erie so 26 games 25 of them he started 414 era 119 and two-thirds innings and 168 strikeouts, ended with a whip of 1.23. So you'd like the walk numbers to go down a little bit. They're not astronomic. I mean, he had 38 walks and almost 120 innings. They're not terrible by any stretch, but ideally you'd like that whip to be a little lower. But I think the biggest thing for him, like I said, is really just command. He he shows signs. His is even just more inconsistent at the present moment. He shows signs of when he is even in the general area, it's kind of like what I say about Alex Lang. If he's even in the general vicinity of where he wants to hit it, it's going to be a swing and a miss. He's got great whiff stuff and great whiff potential. Again, especially with his slider is lethal, lethal ton of movement on it. But there's still a, a lot of development stuff. And, and with him repeating his mechanics over and over again on a consistent basis and not getting kind of lost later in games or from start to start, Gosh, nose got itchy again, man. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what, what is wrong with my nose. But um, I, I am really excited about Resource. And I think he's the one of these three that you kind of look at and you go, yeah, you know, long term, there might be some bullpen potential. And 
people say that and everybody freaks out and goes like that's super insulting or like that like it's not a bad thing at all you know how important a bullpen is we are detroit tigers fans we watched the early 2010 detroit tigers and how important a bullpen is right so that's not a bad thing at all and it's not like he's getting moved to the bullpen tomorrow like he is going to be looked at as a starter in the minor leagues and he's and they should they should continue to look at him as a starter and I hope he makes the adjustments and I hope that he he becomes a starter at at the major league level because with the amount of stuff and, and movement that his secondary stuff has he could be really really lethal there so just a whiff factory in the starting rotation in Erie. And that was super cool to watch at the, at the end of this year, especially the second half when all three of those dudes were up at the same time. Uh, So I think those are probably the biggest names that I want to cover in Erie. Uh, As far as, Oh, Brant Herter as well. uh, Had a, had a nice little coming out party this season. Um, And look, Herter's a dude that again, was drafted in the seventh round in 2021 he ended in Erie. He started in Lakeland, right? He started in Lakeland, had a 2.98 ERA, got promoted to West Michigan, 3.2 ERA, got promoted to Lakeland. Has only played four games, or got promoted to Erie, rather. Has only played, appeared in four games in Erie. So not very big sample size there and has given up some runs, honestly, uh, since being called up. But in Lakeland and West Michigan really turned heads and and really kind of moved through the system really quickly, especially because of his age. He's, uh, he's 24 years old, just turned 24 in September already. So they're looking at him going, Hey man, if you keep producing, we're just going to fast track you and just keep sent, you know, you're just going to fly up. So he'll start in Erie next year. I'm sure. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many dudes that I really like. Andre Lipsius is someone that I have very vocally been a huge fan of because he is such a walk machine. He's an on-base percentage king. Those are my favorite hitters. And he started off the season in double-A, played 88 games in Erie, and then was promoted to Toledo for the last month, month and a half of the season there. He's a big reason why Erie got off to a good start. There, there's so many names that you can point to I mean, Kerry Carpenter, right? Hit a lot of his home runs in his leading the minor leagues and home runs campaign. Started off in Erie and then got promoted to, to Toledo and obviously now is in Detroit. But, um, I mean, Josh Crouch, somebody that Chris Brown of Woodward Tigers put me onto and I am in love with now. He's ending the season in double A. There's so many good stories with dudes that started off below Erie. It's just, it, it basically, it's the perfect accumulation of, that's I didn't even come close to saying that word correctly. It, it's the, been the perfect in between point of, and I guess that makes sense, single A, double A, triple A majors. But it's been the perfect in between point of the minor league system this year, where all the dudes below Erie that have had really standout seasons that have been promoted throughout the year have ended the season in Erie and are getting a look as they go through the playoffs and win playoff series. And now again, are a win away from an Eastern league championship. And that's been the, one of the reasons why they've been so successful down the stretch. And the reason that they got off to a hot start and won a lot of games early was because a lot of dudes that are in triple a or even the majors right now started off the season in Erie. So it's been a perfect kind of like passing of the torch moment throughout Erie, Pennsylvania. It's been super cool to watch. And uh, just everybody who's gone through that team this year, it's been one of the coolest storylines of the season. So 
very fun. A little bit of fun in a season that at the major league level has not had a whole lot of it. Uh, when looking forward, and we, we talk, if you want to go back and look at all the people that are going to be Rule 5 eligible and talk about if they're going to make the 40-man or not, we did an episode on that last week, last week, two weeks, two weeks ago, last, mm, it, <laughs> you could find it, it's 40-man roster breakdown is, is the name of the episode. Looking ahead at next season and where we might see some of these dudes, and we'll talk about this for sure as the winter goes on and we get closer to um you know, the start of next season, but just like a quick hitter, just kind of running through Jackson Job next year, he should get some pretty significant playing time in Erie, which I think if everything goes correctly, which is super exciting. Uh, I mean, Jace Young could be a, a dude that by, I mean, started off slow and then by the end of the season started picking it up a little bit, kind of found his stroke. Uh, really good OBP numbers, drawn a lot of walks in West Michigan for the Tigers 2022 first round pick. So he's another dude that pretty early on next year could find himself in Erie and moving pretty quickly. Uh, gee, I mean, I'm just going through the top 10 right now of, of the MLB.com uh, prospect rankings. Wilmer Flores might find himself just in Toledo to start off the year, or at least like really quickly, Hey, we're going to start you in Toledo or Erie rather. And within two or three starts, if you're looking good, we're going to send you up to Toledo right away. It might be one of those situations. Ty Madden probably starts in Erie, but could find himself in Toledo by the midway of next summer. Um, I'm Colt Keith. Oh, my goodness, Colt Keith. Really disappointing that the injury bug got to him and he had to miss so much time, but he was crushing. This is one of my favorite prospects in the entire organization. I am a huge Colt Keith fan and believer. Uh, was the Tigers' fifth-round pick in 2020, the year they took Torgelson. They took him at 18 years old out of high school, and he's now 21 years old and is uh, just turned 21 years old. He'll be 21. He will turn 22 in August of next season. So uh, this this is a dude that I, I am so high on and played for like three or four different teams last year because he – kept hitting really well and getting moved up. And somebody that when he first joined the organization, people looked at and went, uh, this is probably just like a pitch to contact, not pitch to contact that that's pitchers, but a contact hitter rather. And if he gets lucky, might get some gap power in Comerica and whatnot. And he has done nothing but crush the baseball had a 544 slugging percentage in West Michigan paired with a 370 on base percentage. It's a 914 OPS in 48 games in West Michigan before the injury. Um, nine home runs in 48 games is a really good clip. 22 walks, 42 strikeouts, solid numbers. I mean, uh, over 300 batting average. Yeah, assuming health, he will uh, assuredly start the season at 21 years old in Erie, and I cannot wait to watch him again. Very, very just awesome story. I mean, Isaac Pacheco. Guy that had, you know, his relationship with uh, with Jackson Job, they're like really close buddies. So that's been cool to kind of watch on social media and whatnot. But was the second round pick in 2021, right? We went Job, we went Madden, and then we went Pacheco. He's kind of gotten had a a, a nice second half of the season and uh, end of the year in West Michigan. Uh, started off slow in Lakeland, then adjusted and got hot, then started off slow in West Michigan, adjusted and got a little better, only played in 18 games in West Michigan and did not hit very well in them. But uh, So he'll probably start there next year. But again, a guy that could get a call up to Erie. Um, so it, 
when looking at this is just final word stuff, but when looking at this organization, we have a lot of these dudes that are again next year are either go and I know we're focusing on Erie and that kind of seems weird, but it's just because of all the success they found this year. Um are either going to yet again like start right below Erie and could get a quick call up or start in Erie and could find themselves in Toledo, which we saw this year how quickly if you start in Erie and then hit well and get promoted and, and hit well in Toledo, you could find yourself in the major league roster by September. That's not out of the realm of possibility at all. We've seen it with quite a few players, Crider, Carpenter, etc. So next year we could start seeing some of these dudes start filtering through. And I think within, not within, in the next two years, counting next year and the year after that, I think we're going to see a, a kind of a, a floodgates scenario where a lot of these dudes that we're looking at going, hey, this prospect might be somebody and might be a little bit overlooked are going to start debuting next year and the year after. I think that the next two years are going to be, we're going to see a lot of really fun and intriguing prospects at the, at the major league level. And I'm pretty excited about that. So very solid year for development. Um, even though it may not seem like it at times development, not, not bad, not bad tigers, not bad. Uh, certainly a lot of areas to improve a lot of areas to improve, right? There's a lot of these dudes um, that we, we want to take, the next step we want to get to the next level etc um it's it, it's vital it is vital that we don't just become complacent and go hey there's some good things happen with development in 2022 let's just do nothing no there is a lot a lot i don't want to make this sound like this is a a, a well-oiled machine that is just like incredible no there's a lot that can still improve on this part on this side of the organization but it's not all dark clouds and, and just, you know, sadness when it comes to top to bottom, everything within the organization either. That's all. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now for your next listen, check out the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Back at it tomorrow. Start playing some games again. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch y'all then, baby. Go Tigers.